We look forward to seeing you at those meetings. Acts chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Many of you may be familiar with this passage. Um, This is one of those messages that will kind of put you in check a little bit. I'm just going to go ahead and give you some fair warning. Um, Because I I, I think that praise is always something that we, uh, you know, can do better at. And knowing when to praise and knowing how to praise. And, um, and I'm not just talking about praise and worship. I'm not just talking about songs. Um, praise is not an event. It's a lifestyle. And um, when it becomes a part of your life, then singing in environments like this is just easy. It's just automatic. Um, I, I know in my life, when, I'm not, when I don't have a lifestyle of praise, um, i be honest with you, you come to church and you're really just waiting for them to get done singing. You, you really just feel awkward. It's, it's kind of that feeling like when you're on a blind date that you got set up on, and uh, it's not, you're about 30 minutes in, and you both know it ain't going anywhere. And, uh, uh, or you could even take it a step further. The other person's into you, but you're not really into them. Yeah, and you don't have to raise your hand on that, but I'm sure some of you have been there. You know the experience, um, and you know the awkwardness. And there's a God that wants to get close to you, but uh, maybe we're not quite feeling it. And so we're singing the songs and the the candles are lit and the music's going on in the background and the romantic meal is in front of you and you are just like, get me out of here as quick as possible. And I don't know how many of you that's a praise and worship experience for, but we got to change that. It shouldn't shouldn't be that way. Coming here shouldn't be getting getting reacquainted with the God that you talk to on Sunday. I heard a minister say it this way. He said, uh, it would be a a, a dangerous scenario for us to get to heaven, and that's the first time we're really getting acquainted with God. We spent all this lifetime down here not really ever getting to know the God who saved us and the God who gave everything for us and... and, uh, so, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas and Easter aren't going to cut it, is what I'm saying. We've got to have a, a lifestyle going on. And so this is one of those messages kind of puts us in check because I believe, you know, even as I was studying, I was just kind of getting some of those checks on the inside. Wow, I could do better here. i got to do this different. You know, when God gives me a message, I'm not, a, a, you know, an exception. He, he's ministering to me before he's ministering to you. I am not ministering something to you that, that I'm not getting checked in on myself. So don't think I'm just up here holding a microphone and telling you how it should be done. I heard a minister say once that uh, it's the easiest thing in the world to stand behind a pulpit and tell someone how to do it. It's another thing to do it yourself. And I am not up here just to tell you how to do it. I've lived these things out. These are things that I've recognized in my own life that need to be put into practice and so out of that, I'm ministering to you. Let's just start uh, here um, with verse 1. Verse 16, sorry. Verse 16. Just verse 16. Now it happened as he went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination met us who brought her master's much profit for fortune telling. The girl, This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Now, what she's saying is right. 
where it's being said from is wrong. You know, I always kind of wondered, you know, even in Jesus' ministry, he dealt with these individuals where demons would cry out and say, you are the Son of God or you are Jesus. And Jesus would tell them, you know, don't, he would, you know, shut them up. He cast those demons out. And I always wonder, you know, they're saying it. I mean, why not? I mean, we have this picture in our mind that we just want anybody to praise God. But that's not praise. That's a proclamation. She's making a declaration here. But it's not praise. Words by themselves is not praise. Words by itself is not. If they were, then every uh, actor and every athlete that stands up to receive an award and says, well, I first want to thank God for this award, for this achievement. And then they've got five cuss words to come after that. We could declare that as praise as well. But it's not praise because it's words. It's praise because it comes from somewhere else. So right here, Paul's recognizing that there is a source that's communicating here. You realize that, uh, you know, even the devil knows the truth. I mean, you can't twist the truth until you know the truth. You can't tell a lie without the truth. You can't, every lie is embedded in truth. That's why Satan couldn't come up to Adam and Eve and say, you shall not die until God had proclaimed, you will surely die. The lie always has to come after the truth. And so, yeah, they're speaking truth, but it's coming from a different source. And so when we're talking about praise, we're not just talking about words. We're not just talking about songs that are sung. We're not just talking about coming here and going through the motions. We're talking about where does it really Where does it really come from? And so she says, These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. And this she did for many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed. How many of you know Paul got annoyed sometimes? Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the Spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour. But when her masters saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas, dragged them into the marketplace uh, to the authorities. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, These men, being Jews, exceedingly trouble our city. They teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or observe. Then the multitude rose up together against them. The magistrates tore off their clothes, commanded them to be beaten with rods, And when they had laid many stripes on them, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison, as low as you can get, and fastened their feet in the stocks. So they're doing work for God. They're ministering. They're preaching. Uh, Not only that, but they save this servant girl. They deliver her from a, a bondage that was within her, from an evil spirit that was controlling her. They set her free. Instead of people being excited about that, people are upset about that. And so I don't know what kind of week you've had, and I don't know what kind of day you've had, and what kind of year you've had. Uh, I don't know if you've been beaten with many rods and stripes and thrown into an inner prison, but they're having a pretty bad day. Anybody ever felt like you're doing everything right and everything's going wrong? I'm doing everything to please God, 
and I'm displeasing everybody around me. So that is where Paul and Silas are. But it says at verse 25, at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. At midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was a great earthquake. And the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened. And everyone's chains were loosed. And we know as they go on, the jailer comes out. He's ready to kill himself because he thinks all these prisoners that he's been given responsibility over have gone away. And Paul says, whoa, whoa, we're all here. Ends up getting the jailer saved. Ends up getting the jailer's family saved. And we're all one big happy family. But it all was a reaction because of some praise. It was all a reaction of some praise. Now, many of you, and by definition, the word praise means a declaration of approval. That's what the word means. Praise means I'm declaring my approval of this. But many of us think of praise as the reaction. Like, when I get it, I will praise. But the first thing I want to show you tonight, number one, is praise is proactive. Our praise is proactive. Our praise goes before the answer. Praise in the kingdom of God is not a reactive, it's not a response to receiving something. It's the path to receiving something. Come on, you got to get this tonight. Because I don't know what you're locked up with. I don't know what's holding you back. I don't know what's chaining you down. I don't know what has your hands and your feet in stocks that's that's making you feel low. I don't know what pressures and burdens are on your life right now. And you're waiting for the answer to praise. And we're, we're forgetting that praise brings the answer. So praise is not a result. Praise brings results. Say that again. Praise is not a result. Praise brings results. If you want to see the blessings in your life come to pass, you praise. If you want to see the answers that you've been believing for show up, you praise. Praise is not a result of getting the answer. Praise brings the result of the answers that I'm believing for. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 1 that we have been blessed with all spiritual blessing, where? In heavenly places. So our our problem isn't a production problem. It's It's a placement problem. That's a mouthful. It's not a production. God isn't up in heaven tinkering around trying to create the answer to your problem. It's already there. You need it transferred from one place to another. You need it transferred from spiritual places into natural places because his blessings in spiritual places don't do me any earthly good. For example, the Bible tells us that by his stripes you were healed. Past tense. Already been done. Before you were sick, you were healed. 
It's already available. We don't need Jesus to go back to the cross and get his back whipped open 39 more times every time somebody gets sick. That was all that was needed to take place. So now I just got to stand on what is already mine, and I need to move it from one place to another. I need to transfer it from spiritual to natural. Okay? Pretty simple. So praise is proactive. Why can I praise? I can praise because it's already been done. I can praise because I already have the answer. I just need it to manifest in my life. So number one, praise is proactive. Now, this might seem like it's a reaction to being beaten and thrown uh, into jail, but it's proactive in getting them out. So even though you may not have been praising up up until now, and you're in it now, don't wait to praise to get out. Allow praise to bring you out. Allow praise to pull you out. So many times, uh, you know, you, you just know when people are hurting. They wear it. Their demeanor changes. Their attitude changes. The way that they word things. The way that they respond to things. It, it, it's such a, 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 the, the, the reactions that show up when we get into trouble or, or things aren't going our way. A few weeks ago, we ministered uh, that, that message, unexpectation. Our expectation is tied to our experience. So as long as things go right, then we got this expectation, man, God is good. He's going to show up. He's going to bring the answer. But then the second things don't go the way we thought they were going to go, our expectation, well, maybe next year. Maybe next time. Well, what was, what was, what was the deal with going, what was, you know, what was the point of all that? Oh, well. Rather than standing firm, praise is firm. Praise is firm. I praise you regardless of what I'm feeling. I praise you regardless of what's going on. Because, see, what happens is, is we're praising. We're just praising the wrong thing. You're praising the problem rather than the answer. Because praise is just simply a declaration. So every time I'm talking about the problem more than I'm talking about my God, I'm praising my problem rather than my God. So if we can change what we're declaring, man, I tell you, Monday mornings between 8 a.m. and 10 a.m. is probably uh, the most relevant this message will ever get. I don't know about you, but Mondays are Mondays. You, you're already thinking, you're only going to give me two days. For Really? There's five days to work and two days on the weekend. So you're already thinking, I've been shorted by like four days. <laughs> right? And then we get into work earlier than we want, going through more traffic than we want, dealing with more problems. I mean, Monday is the time where if you're going to be declaring anything, we're declaring the problem. But this is where the praise ought to be flowing out of our mouth. We, we, we see two men here that in the natural can't get any lower. They're in the bottom of the prison. They have their hands and feet locked up, and they've been beaten and are feeling it. But I can tell you right now, they could get lower. They could get lower than that. 
So you think your situation has brought you as low as you can get, but your internal response is bringing you down further. When our internal response is actually the very thing that can pull us out. Amen? So number one, praise is proactive. Praise is not a result of receiving something. It is the answer to getting the results. Number two, praise changes perspective. Praise changes perspective. Uh, There was another scenario where, uh, you know, Paul was talking to God uh, about the thorn in his flesh, and he's just like, you know, I asked God three times to remove this thing from me over in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul is just getting his, given his rap sheet of, uh, you know, everything he's been through. I've been shipwrecked. I've been stoned. I've been beaten this many times. I've been lied about. I've been cheated on. Uh, I even was killed. I mean, if that's up on your resume, it's like, you got the job, bro. Come on board. We need somebody like you. I was killed, and I came back to life and went back and ministered the word of God. And he, he, he ended it with this, but none of these things moved me. None of these things moved me. See, there's trials and tribulations in life. And, and, and what I've recognized is you'll only at go as far in life as your pain threshold will allow you. A pain threshold uh, is a tolerance level before someone gives out. I saw somewhere, I don't know if it's a scientific thing, I, I, you know, I just saw it online somewhere, that said that when your brain tells you to quit, you're really, you've only really given about 40%. It means you can push past. You can push past. But see, praise changes your perspective. It turns the pain, rather than the pain being the problem, the pain becomes the very thing that moves you into the next thing. Because when I pass this threshold, it's kind of like working out. And you, you, you hit up on that number. It's like, I just, there's no way I can get that up. There's no way I can push that. But on the inside, you're thinking, there's no way. But if you've got someone spotting you and someone helping you get past that level and getting past that limitation... I saw this online, I think it was just today, I saw this online, I said, if you want to make God angry, tell him your limitations. Referencing Moses. I mean, God shows up in a burning bush that's not burning. And he's calling Moses, and Moses is just giving him every reason why he's not the guy. He's given Moses every reason why you, uh, you got the wrong one. I think you meant to go a bush down. You, you're, you're, a, you're a field too far. You meant to go next door with this one. I mean, I, I appreciate the cred. Uh, I, I appreciate you believing me, man. But I, I'm not that guy, sorry. I can't talk right. I killed a guy back there. Uh, you know, I have no influence whatsoever. You got the wrong guy. And, 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 I mean, God's getting pretty angry here. God's getting pretty upset by this point. He says, I am 
I am. I am set you. So everything that you're listening to me as a limitation, I am the answer. And see, if we can start praising, I mean, it's, it's hard to feel down when you're praising God. I mean, when you're praising God uh, from the inside out. I'll tell you what, praise is one of the greatest distractions. I mean, if you just stay focused on the problem all day long, you need a distraction. And your distraction might be TV. Your distraction might be sports. Your distraction uh, might be something worse than that. Your your distraction might be an individual that you know is going to wallow and make you feel, you know, it's okay, man, we all go through this stuff rather than really helping you get out. I don't know what your distraction is, but your distraction ought to be praise. Praise will distract you from the problem. Praise changes perspective. You don't praise because you see it. You praise so you will see it. I'm not waiting to praise because I see what I'm believing. And I mean, you know, it's really hard to read this passage and, and draw the conclusion that the reason why Paul and Silas are even praying and singing hymns is so they can get out. Like, I, it, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that, you know, that Paul nudged Silas and said, hey, look, I think if we sing loud enough, this place is going to shake and these jail doors are going to open up and these chains are going to fall off and we can book it, man. I don't think that's their motivation. See, praise isn't motivated by getting out of something. It's motivated by getting something to someone. I'm praising my God because regardless of the situation I'm in, he's still greater. He's still stronger. I mean, if I stay and rot in this jail cell, I'm here because I was doing the purpose and the will of God. But if your only reason and only motivation for praising is so you can see things change around you rather than just getting a glimpse of who God is and how awesome he is, then we won't see the results. We won't see those results. You need to praise God just because. You need to thank him just because. Not because, uh, you know, God, man, I, I, I love you and you know, it's kind of like one of those things like when you go to your wife or your spouse uh, and, and you're telling them how much you love them because you want something. Like you might be trying to do that this time of year. Man, I love you. You remember that? Remember those shoes I picked out? Man, I, I love you. I know you're awesome. You, man, you're going to do it. You are great. Remember that meal you cooked last week? Man, that was off the chain. I, I love you so much. No, we praise God just because, just because of who he is, just because if he did nothing else, you could still spend the rest of your life praising him for what he's done. Amen. But praise changes your perspective. If you find yourself just looking at the problem all the time, we're probably not praising enough. It's very hard to look at the problem when you're praising your God. You know, the, the, the Bible uses one word called magnify. Magnify. 
Magnify means to enlarge something or make something bigger. Like when you were kids and you found some ants on the sidewalk and you went and you found a magnifying glass to make them bigger, right? No, you found a magnifying to burn them up. Watch this. We did it with roly-polies. Anybody remember? I haven't seen roly-polies in a while. Are they still out there? I don't think I've seen one in a while. Maybe that's a Texas thing. It's a Texas. Y'all don't even know what roly-polies are? Okay. All right. About to say, we'll take that too. We'll, we'll claim it all, man. But I, honestly, I have not seen a roly-poly in a while. Well, good. Well, you can go try it. Get you a magnifying glass. Get the sun lined up just right. And just watch it smoke them, man. It's fun. But magnifying means to enlarge something. If your problem looks bigger than your God, you're magnifying the wrong thing. Some of us are taking the magnifying glass and putting it on our problem rather than our God. But, man, if you could just magnify your God, you'd find out how small your problem really is. But, oh, it's only that big? Maybe we just ought to leave the magnifying glass off of our problem and say, well, that's okay. My God's bigger. My God's greater. My God's stronger. And then just start praising. Just start praising. And notice here, you know, they're in, you know, we're, we're just so, I want to say blessed, but really we're just so spoiled. When it comes to praise and worship, man. I mean, you can put it, you can, you can find it on just about any radio station these days. And I say that because there are countries that they don't have Christian radio There's no such thing. But we got it. And you've got CDs. And you, now we've got DVDs. We can watch them praise. Like, I can actually just watch you praise and live vicariously through you now. And we've got lights. And we've got the best music. And... And we've got some of the most talented musicians and music artists on stages of churches. And, hey, that's great, man. Give glory to God. But if you have to have that to praise, there's a problem. They're in a scenario here that 99.9% of America would not be able to open their mouth and praise. Because, well, if I could just get that track or if I could get that CD or, oh, how'd that one song go? Oh, man, if, if so-and-so was up here just leading the chorus, man, I, we, I would be entering in the presence. They're creating the presence. They're creating the atmosphere. And the thing is, is you have that power too. You have the power to create that atmosphere in your own mouth. If we would just open it up and praise Him. Amen. So, praise changes perspective. You don't praise because you see it. You praise so you will see it. Lastly, the third thing, praise brings power. Praise brings power. This is something that I've just kind of been camping on lately uh, with, with different messages that I've ministered, that God isn't looking for your power. He's just looking for your obedience. We said that about Gideon. We said that about Moses. That if we would just obey... God would do. There is, Paul and Silas do not have the human capability to just cause tremors and earthquakes to take place. Earthquakes to take place. They do not have the ability 
to open jail doors. They do not have the ability to get out of the stocks and the chains that are binding them. And they do not have the ability to set anybody else free within that jail cell. But they do have the ability to open their mouth and praise their God. And if you would do your part, God will do his part. If you will say it, God will do it. If you could just open your mouth and praise, you would see God's power work on your behalf. You don't have the ability to fix that marriage. You don't have the ability to get your kids right. You don't have the ability to bring the finance in. You don't have the ability to find the perfect job. You don't have the ability to, to change your mentality and, 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 and stop worrying and have anxiety. But if you would praise God, his power would show up on the scene and change your marriage, fix your kids, bring the finance, get the job. You've got to open your mouth and praise him. Don't talk about the problem. Don't talk about the issue. Don't talk about the circumstance. Let's praise our God. Praise brings power. If you will say it, God will do it. Very simple. It, 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 it's, a, it's a technique. It's a, a qualification. It's a characteristic that is missing in many lives of believers. I mean, we, we come into church services. We want to just get past the praise and worship, so we can just hear the powerful word from the pastor. But this is an opportunity. When we're singing those songs, that's not just because we do that and because you're supposed to and because they've been doing it for 2,000 years, so we might as well. And, and it's not about that. It's about giving you an opportunity to get past the problems that you just drove into this parking lot with, get your heart in a, a position to receive from God by pouring out of your mouth, and then when I'm ministering, these words go into good soil. It's almost like praise and worship is, is, is taking that thing, I don't know what it's called, then you put in the dirt to kind of till the ground, to till it. You're softening up dirt. When we're praising God, when we're singing, when we're praising, when we're worshiping from the inside, not just with our mouth, not just, okay, that's what I'm supposed to do, dear God. Set a fire down in my soul. You don't want fire, and you're, you're thinking, I got fire in my soul. I got this heartburn I've been dealing with for four days. Here I am to worship. Come on, man. That's an opportunity that you're missing. That's an opportunity that we're missing for God to do something. It's a preparation. Chase, if you come up. That, it's a preparation of your heart. I can tell you this right now, guys, with confidence, that for many of you in this room, your answer is a praise away. I heard a minister say this recently. He said, is your praise breaking your chains? Or are the chains breaking your praise? Are the chains that are holding you down, holding you back, the things that you're struggling, are they keeping your mouth shut? Are they keeping your focus fixed on the problem? Or are we opening our mouths in spite of? It's not an overnight deal. I'll tell you right now, you don't go home. All right, I'm finding some Christian music. 
I'm going to find that DVD, that CD. I'm downloading on iTunes. I'm listening to it in the car all the way home. And tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to have all my problems. It's not going to work like that. But what happens, what praise is really doing for you, is it's getting you reacquainted with the one that has all the answers. See, praise brings you closer. Praise brings you closer. Praise connects you to the source. So tonight, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I don't know what scenarios, what situations you're, you're going through, but it's got your mouth locked up. See, their feet and their hands were in stocks, but their mouths were free. Their mouths were free. But see, you've been using your mouth to praise the wrong thing. You're lifting up, declaring, and proclaiming the wrong thing. But tonight, if you could get your mouth to praise your God, you could get your mouth to line up with his word you might need to go into the word you might need to go to songs and just start looking up some songs you know most of the majority of those songs were written not because David was happy and everything was just going his way a lot of those songs were written when he was broken feeling defeated everybody had abandoned him everybody turned their back against him and he found a way to praise anyways the bible tells us that david would strengthen himself in the lord if there's nobody else there to strengthen you you can strengthen yourself you have the capacity you have the ability you have the potential and it's in your mouth if you want to see it turn around turn your mouth around first Let's find a way to praise. Let's find a way to exalt the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Father, we thank you tonight. And we lift you up and we glorify you. We don't care about the situation. We don't, we're not more concerned with the problem that's in front of us. Because we know that you are the answer. And you have the answer. And you have made a way to the answer. So we declare your goodness. We declare your faithfulness. We declare your power over our situation tonight in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for every person in this room that they will open their mouths. They will lift you up. They will declare the promises that you originally spoke to their life. And I thank you that we will see the chains break. We'll see the chains fall off as we declare your goodness and your power. Father, I thank you tonight for every person in this room that's made the sacrifice, the investment, and the commitment to be here tonight. And Father, I thank you that this word will be rooted deep down in good soil. Father, we'll be doers of the word, not just hearers only. I thank, I thank you that we will apply the principles that we have heard today. Regardless of what we're currently going through, Father, we will rely on our praise to get us through it. Father, we thank you. We honor you. And we praise you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.